Welcome to the Junior Jobs Podcast. Today's interview is with Bryce Simons, a graduate in psychology who recently career transitioned from parks and rec to code and tech. So if you're a career transitioner, this episode is for you. First, a shout out to today's sponsor, Algolabs. Their algorithms course is designed to empower you with the skills you need to excel in coding interviews. With 50 plus expertly crafted videos, breaking down complex concepts into digestible, easy to understand modules. And this week only, they're offering our listeners 25% off if you use the link in the show notes. So check it out and get started. All right, Bryce, well, welcome to the show. Thanks for hopping on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Eric. I'm really happy to be here. Yes, well, before we dive in, for our listeners, can you tell us a bit more about yourself? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, you covered me a little bit in the intro there, but um, originally from Massachusetts, graduated with a four-year degree in psychology, right? And came out to Colorado. Uh, that's where I reside currently. Love to be outside, love love learning new things, learning, uh, you know, started learning how to work on my car. I never learned how to do that. Nice. Uh, I built my own gaming computer. Um, so really just all about the adventure. Uh, I like to say my little motto is... Um, my life is a quest for adventure. That's kind of how I live. Uh, by I like a little that. Bit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what's the, and, what's the point of all of this if we don't have a little fun along the way? Right. right, right. Absolutely. About like, and I could go on and on about presence and how, you know, as society, I feel like we're on our phones or we're like kind of just out and about thinking about the next thing. Whereas, you know, it really, what kind of ultimately, and we can get into it, but kind of led me to coding was like being present and wanting to get onto that next adventure. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So you mentioned psychology. Most recently, you were a recreation specialist. So talk to me more about why you decided to pivot into software and how did you actually learn to code? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, an origin story, if you will. Yes. Um, so I I loved working with kids. Um, actually, you know, I gradu graduated with psychology and went right into working residential summer camps. Um, did that for a little bit, uh, just loved the whole molding of young minds, if you will. Um, and then found my way in parks and recreation, uh, worked that for a few years, met my current partner and we started having discussions of our next steps, you know, family, a house. Um, and I started thinking, okay, well, like that sounds like an exciting adventure. Uh, can we continue to do that in regards if I continue to work parks and recreation? I started thinking, you know, uh, where I was at, I was kind of at a ceiling um, and I didn't really want to become the top of the top of the ladder. Uh, mm -hmm. And in parks recreation, it, sometimes it might take a specific person a while to get there. Not everybody, but I, I felt in my views it was going to take me a while. And so I said, OK, well, what is what is a field that is just um, entirely open? Just like what is what is the most expansive field where I can learn continually every single day? and go as far up a ladder as I want to, um, if I want to. And I had a buddy uh, in Boston and he's a data science engineer. And he was like, hey, you should you should look into tech and kind of gave me a nudge. And I said, what, what is tech? Uh, and he said, here's this intro to SQL you should try out. And so that's where my coding journey started. I started with a murder mystery SQL uh, kind of course, which is really cool because oh, I love games. Yeah, yeah. So, you had to solve this murder mystery with like all these different databases um, using SQL. And I liked that. 
Uh, and I said, okay, what else do you got? And he said, well, if you want to do more, do you want to do more of that? Do you want to do more? And he started to explain front end, back end web development to me, uh, iOS. And I said, whoa, 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 that's a lot. Uh, let me dive into a couple of things myself. So uh, it all started with SQL. And then eventually I you know, dove through some forums and had to make the difficult decision of do I go back to school, traditional school, like college, or get an associate's degree or a bachelor's or master's in computer science? Or I've heard of these things called boot camps. How, how legit are they? You know, they're promising, you know, some of them are three months long, 12 weeks, some of them are four weeks, some of them are seven months, part-time, full-time, you know, you have so many options. Uh, I decided to do the full-time boot camp route seven month with a focus in backend web development, which focused on Ruby on Rails. Um, and so that's kind of the origin story of why and when. Very good. And the rest is history. I yeah. like that you had a friend there that, that supported you on that journey. Most people don't start with SQL. That's usually <laughs> where people get banged up the most, actually. Right, right. It was the fact that it was a game that really hooked me. That I think that's sure. what started it. Well, there's something powerful, I think, for, for coding. It's like Legos. It's fun. Mm. And I think you can't underestimate the power of finding joy in your day-to-day -day work. Right. Because uh, if, if, if it's fun, you're going to be successful no matter what role you're in. And you're going to be mm. happy no matter what level you're at. Absolutely. Sure. I definitely agree. So let's dive a little bit more into your job search specifically, since that's what we're all about. So you went right. to this bootcamp program. What happened after that? How did you get your first job? Yeah, so I, I kind of opened my eyes there. Uh, you know, boot camp, they tell you it's going to be hard. They tell you you're going to be working in, you know, you're putting X amount of hours in. For me, I averaged about 70 a week. So I was doing seven hours or 10 hours a day, seven days a week. And it's after that, that is almost harder, I felt like. And that was that job hunt. And so I was job hunting for three months. Um, and it was hard. It was hard right off the bat. I didn't take, I took like one or two days to do nothing after I graduated and got my certificate. Um, but then it was, okay, I, I can't stop. I can't just do an hour here and apply there or an hour here. And I graduated in November and that's when these tech layoffs, these massive tech layoffs were happening. And there was talk about the market being saturated with experienced software engineers. And you just have all this chatter and you're like, oh, is this going to work? The competition's so fierce. Um, and I told myself, okay, we just, we're just going to have faith. Uh, so I spent 50 hours a week. I, I dialed it back to about 20 hours, but um, I didn't work any other jobs or anything. I thankfully had saved, I had saved up a little bit, a little bit of a nest egg for me to get through. I had saved about four months worth of what I felt comfortable sitting on for the job hunt. Um, and so, yeah, my days were wake up, have coffee, walk the dogs, and then sit and do something for, you know, 10 hours a day. Cause I did that Monday through Friday is what mm -hmm. I did. Um, and specifically what that looked like, I created a schedule for myself. Uh, I did one hour from eight o'clock to nine o'clock of some sort of coding exercise. So I was doing, I started with lead code. Uh, I didn't love the user interface so much. So then I personally just went to Code Wars. I really liked that. That felt like a lot of fun and it felt more like a game. Uh, you're yeah, just yeah. Theme there, That's right? the theme today. Yeah, yeah. And so the whole like leveling up and getting more challenging ones, um, being able to pick different languages. 
Um, I really enjoyed that. And so I would do one hour of that, kind of start my day, get my brain moving. Um, and then at the very beginning, I'll say November, because my, my job strategies changed throughout. They kind of evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent just hours applying to jobs, like Indeed, on LinkedIn. I was easy applying. I was going over at monster.com. I was, I was all over. I uh, looked, I was looking at magazines at one point and like newspapers. <laughs> just... How many applications do you think you applied to directly? My whole course? Yeah. All in all. 400 plus. Ooh, baby. Yeah. Well, you mentioned you changed a little bit throughout that job search journey. What do you think actually worked for you? What, what did you learn and why did you change? Yeah. So my first, my first week or two, I was tailoring each individual resume to each job. And some people, you know, they'll tell you that's what you do. I talked to different recruiters and they said, I don't even read a cover letter. Don't include one. Talk to other recruiters. Oh, I require one on your application, but they don't even read it. (laughs) Yeah. And other ones are like definitely include. So I had both sides. Right. Um, and I had one of my friends was like, Hey, I, I just got the job after a month of searching. He graduated from the same program. And he was like, I just spent one Sunday and applied to 200 jobs on easy apply LinkedIn. So I sat and did that, but ultimately everyone has different strategies and what worked best for me was networking. I love people. That's part of the reason why I got my degree in psychology is because I just love how people work as well, but I just love being around people. I get my energy from people. Um, and so it was going to come natural. It was going to be easy and it was going to be fun. And so I started going to meetups. Meetups were great. Um, local in Colorado, there's a Northern Colorado meetup group that meets. Um, and, and it's not, some of them are technical focused and have actual speakers. Some of them are just, Hey, let's go hang out and do something with other developers or people in tech. Uh, Denver has a big tech scene as well. Big meetup. So meetup.com was great to find those. I also, um, different conferences, some conferences will, um, help support your funding to get to, uh, these locations. If you volunteer or if you, some of them have scholarship programs where they can fund an entire ticket. Um, I personally, uh, because I was focusing on Ruby, I was fortunate enough. The people of Ruby central incorporated, um, picked my application. I was a guide in their scholars and guides program. And so I was able to go to RubyConf 2022 and just be surrounded by incredibly kind and smart people. Uh, I learned so much. And again, there was a job fair there as well. Um, at the, the, the last thing I want to say about it is that's how I ended up getting my job was networking. So how, so, so you're at a meetup or you're, you're at that conference. How did you meet the person that eventually led to your current job? Yep. That's the one strategy that I didn't mention. And that was after RubyConf, I went back and I said, okay, I'm really good at this networking thing. I, I love it. And I love genuinely, it wasn't just like a grimy, like oh, the networking, which I know some people feel mm-hmm. I was just making new friends, um, that hopefully cared enough that like, if a job opening came up, they'd throw my name in the hat. But, uh, I started going on LinkedIn and looking at the job postings as well as indeed. And I would try to find jobs that I felt like I was qualified for. So, um, I wasn't applying to senior roles, senior and predominantly I was aiming for Ruby jobs, but anything backend web development, cause that's what I felt comfortable in. 
Um, and so I was applying all over, but typically it was entry to mid. And before I applied, I would find the job and say, okay, I can do this job. And then I would go on LinkedIn and I would research that organization and research employees that worked there. Uh, I started with finding the recruiters for that particular organization and reaching out to them on LinkedIn. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I didn't know this initially. On LinkedIn, um, sometimes you can't send a message if you're not already connected. But what you can do is you can send a connection request and then a little tiny note, which is like a 120 characters long or something. So it's that really quick. Awesome. Yeah. And so I started doing that with these recruiters wasn't getting far. So then I was like, maybe I'll reach out to software engineers. And I started reaching out to three to five software engineers at each of these companies that I found job postings for. And then I would try to just have a conversation, hear more about the company. Um, and then the hardest part of those conversations was the very end of just being very blunt and saying, hey, I'm looking for a job. Would you be comfortable referring me after this conversation to this job that I found? Um, out of those three to five software engineers that I reached out to, maybe one would get back and say no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sometimes they'd get back. You know, sometimes I get five in a week and I'd have five chats in a week and I'd get five referrals. Um, so it's through all, the LinkedIn connections that finally somebody said, yes, I'll vouch for you. Yes. Moved your was, I reached out to one five. guy, had a chat, and at the end I said, would you be open to referring me? He said, absolutely. Uh, got the referral one day, a week later, recruiter reached out to me, said, Hey, I think you're gonna do an awesome job. We'd love to interview tomorrow, had an interview the next day. And then 15 minutes after that interview, I had a job offer. My guess that moved fast. So only wait, that was one interview and they hired you one interview. Yep. That's impressive. That is, that is, that is uncommon, uh, for sure. And just to clarify <laughs> this. Uh, this individual you spoke with on LinkedIn, this was not somebody you met at a meetup or at the conference that you attended. This was a stranger that you connected with online who was willing to vouch for you. Correct. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I, I have reached out and usually in those connection requests in my little note, um, I would try to find something where I connected with that individual. So I'd scroll through their LinkedIn and, you know, whether they liked cats, maybe they posted something about cats. Yeah. You know, I'd say something like, Hey, Eric, I saw you like cats. I like cats too. Also, I saw you work at this company. I'd love to hear more about it or something. You know, I think this that's individual a good point. Attended... Oh, sorry. I'll let you finish. Go ahead. I was just going to say that this individual attended a boot camp, And so I said, Hey, like from one boot camp grad to another, I hope you're doing well. You know, I'd love to chat. This is a good principle here that I want to call out. Right. Uh, one, you went onto their LinkedIn profile to understand a little bit more about them before you just sent a connection request. Mm -hmm. You then shared a personalized note and you started a conversation and connected with them on that shared interest, right? Mm -hmm. I think a lot of new developers will just kind of spout out connection requests uh, without really taking that extra effort to make a human connection. And I think probably your psychology yeah. background helped with that and understanding. <laughs> nature and the motivations behind it. But yeah, this wasn't somebody you were friends with. This was a complete stranger that supported you. And yeah. it was in a relatively short amount of time. A lot of the people that I talk to are nervous about networking or, oh, it's going to take too long. Yes, it'd be great if at the beginning of your boot camp or a year ago, you started attending and you 
had a large network. You, you really didn't. It's from what it sounds like going into your job search and in a very short amount of time with meetup.com attending conferences and being active on LinkedIn, you were able to build a decent enough network that you're able to land a job in under the average amount of time. And it takes for a bootcamp grad to get one. That's a great example. I'm incredibly thankful. And I think going from cold applying for me, um, you know, you go on LinkedIn, you see a bunch of people applied or you just know that the market's hard and people are trying for jobs. Mm -hmm. My opinion, I think referrals are going to be the best bet. Um, If I had to do it over again, that's how I would do it again. I would start with just reaching out to people, making those connections um, if they don't have a job now, that's okay. Maybe they have one down the line a year from now. Yeah. And maybe you've already worked a job and it never hurts to make a human connection. Yeah. And I, I don't have any hard numbers for this, so I'm only going to speak anecdotally, but from my experience, if you get a referral, you aren't guaranteed the job, but you're, you are typically guaranteed at least a conversation with the recruiter. And for somebody with a non-traditional background, a career transitioner, oftentimes it's really just a conversation they need to be able to explain the value that they can bring, uh, even if they don't have a, a four-year CS degree. Absolutely. Well, Bryce, Absolutely. that is a great point to bring up. I'll ask you one last question, then unfortunately we'll have to wrap up. Uh, but now that you are gainfully employed, congratulations again. Thank you. Is there anything that you wish you had studied or practiced more of before you got your job that would have prepared you more for the day-to-day that you have now? You know, um, it's it's hard because you don't know what job you're going to get. You know, whether you come out with a four year degree or boot camp, what what how are you self taught? Um, you don't know if you're going to land a job in that language that you just studied so hard for. Uh, you also don't want to define yourself across ten different languages, in, in my opinion. Um, and so, I don't think I could have studied a language more specifically. I think in regards to a development, like a side, like I focused on backend, I think if I could do it over again, I would dip a toe a little bit more into the front end web development. So I had more knowledge as to what was going on. Um, Right now I'm in Rails and I feel pretty good because that's what I was working in before. But every now and again, I'll see something and I'm like, I just, I have never come across that, which is an exciting opportunity to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something that I would have, just concepts in general. Yeah, in order to be a successful software engineer, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. Right. Because every day you're going to see something you've never seen before. And I've been doing this for over a decade, and that is true for me, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Bryce, thank you so much for taking the time. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. So thank you for joining us. And thank you to all that are listening. We will catch you all next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Junior Jobs Podcast. We hope you found today's interview helpful as you navigate your own job search in tech. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to like and subscribe as that helps us reach more developers in need. And don't forget to check the show notes for details on today's sponsor and other job search services that we provide. Thanks for listening and have a great day.